0: This is the BA Coach Podcast, episode number 39.
1: Welcome to the BA Coach Podcast, online at thebacoach.com, helping business analysts take their craft to the next level. It doesn't matter if you are a brand new BA or you've been practicing for many years, there is always something we can all do to take our BA skills and techniques up a notch. And now, here is your host, author, blogger, musician, and BA evangelist, Yakub Muhammad, also known as Yamo.
0: Hello there and welcome to another episode of the BA Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Yamo, aka at the BA Coach on Twitter. Today, I'm excited to bring to you another uh, educational and inspiring episode, uh, an author cast with uh, Ellen and Mary. And also, we talk about the Open Jam happening at uh, Building Business Capability Conference towards the end for which Jeffrey Davidson joins us as a guest. So as part of the User Stories uh, podcast, we uh, explore the topic of creating high-value user stories. We talk about, uh, you know, what a structured conversation is, components of the structured conversation, the three steps being explore, evaluate, and confirm, tips for creating high-value user stories, how to engage the right stakeholders at the right level, resolving conflicts about value from different business partners. You know, it happens, right, especially in a project when, You have business stakeholders and, you know, technology stakeholders having different values and how they perceive certain things to be. And we also talk about brief introduction to the seven product dimensions, how functional and non-functional requirements map to the seven product dimensions, and the value of business analysts as part of working through the seven dimensions. And towards the end, we also talk about the Agile Open Jam happening at BBC. So make sure to learn more about it and see how you can utilize this wonderful learning opportunity. So with all of this, here is our author cast. Hi, Ellen and Mary. How are you guys doing? Great. Fabulous. Welcome to the BA Coach Podcast. It's great to have you again on the show. You're a repeat guest as, uh, as we always uh, love hearing from you what you have to say.
2: Yama, we're honored to be with you again.
0: Thank you, guys. So, as it seems that we have a very exciting and educational topic that we're going to talk about today. And I think it closely aligns with the workshop that you're doing at BBC. And uh, one thing that sort of piqued my interest was uh, around conducting structured conversations to explore, evaluate, and confirm high-value user stories. We're going to talk about user stories today, maybe some tips around that. Um, However, I was wondering, uh, Ellen and Mary, if you can probably introduce or define what a structured conversation is before we actually deep dive into the tips.
3: Sure. Thanks, Yamo, for asking. Yes. Um, And that is, in fact, a really key objective in our Tutorial user stories across the product dimension, seven product dimensions. So structured conversation is a metaphor for the ongoing and collaborative work that we do to figure out what is what it is that we're going to build next in our product. What requirements are the highest value ones? So the conversation has three parts. In the first part, you explore second part you evaluate and the third part you confirm so you explore options possibilities for those requirements and we'll talk about the dimensions as the basis for exploration then you evaluate the options across those dimensions and make decisions based on the highest value options and then the third part confirm is checking that everyone has a shared understanding of what it is we're going to build, in other words, verify and validate using acceptance criteria. So the three parts: explore, evaluate, confirm.
0: So if I have to keep it simple, it's more like you know I'm having daily stand-up meetings, and uh, I'm just having different objectives for each conversation, where I may be exploring uh, in uh, during one of the sessions, and then maybe evaluating options and confirming all or all of these three things could be done together, right?
3: Um, These are done together and they typically are done as part of refining or grooming your backlog and uh, potentially in your actual planning workshops. So as opposed to a stand-up where you're basically doing information uh, exchange, structured conversations are about the getting deep into the requirements but in quick efficient Conversation, So they're preparing for planning and they're preparing for delivery.
0: Oh, okay. So it's more like a preamble to the daily stand-ups where uh, everything gets followed up. So you start with the backlog, have uh, have a planning session, and, and then have that be a segue into your uh, daily status or daily stand-up meetings. Well, the cool thing about
3: the structured conversation, Yamo, is that you can use it to build your backlog and to refine your backlog. So Mm -hmm. you'll be having these all of the time. Um, They could be uh, predecessors to a planning session. They could happen within planning. Um, They would happen continuously as part of grooming or refining your backlog. When a team's starting up, they'll use structured conversations to load up the backlog. And I want to mention there's a picture, an image of this uh, on the site that we put together for the book Discover to Deliver that Mary and I wrote. Mm-hmm. So, so if our listeners go to Discover to Deliver, that's T-O-Deliver, all spelled out, dot com, on, under resources, there's a visual language section, and you'll see the image of structured conversation.
0: Okay, great. Uh- Awesome. I'll I'll probably put a link to that as well. Thanks. So in terms of actually doing this better, right? Uh, You know, if if our listeners are going to walk away with some tips from today's podcast. So would you like to share maybe some best practices or tips to make this better? Right. How can they elicit high value user stories?
2: Well, Yama, thank you for using the word illicit. We we love that word. And one of the, the tips would be getting the right people conversing. And it's really important we found that we need to have folks from three different realms. We need to have the business people there, the people who understand the domain and would be sponsoring the effort to build the particular product. Uh, they need to be in the conversation. Uh, We also need people to represent the users and have their perspective that is very much a part of building and selecting the high-value options. And then thirdly, we need the technology folks. These are the people who would develop the product, would test the product. So all three, uh, we need the business perspectives, we need the customer and the technology folks These are the people that need to come together and have the structured conversation. Ellen, do you want to add anything to that?
3: Uh, No, I think that that's really, uh, that's pretty succinct. And The point is that we don't focus too much on what the different roles are per se, because it's the goal, not the role, as we've been saying for some time. So the roles may be varied, but it's important to have that full partnership or representation of that partnership. Present for the conversations.
0: So, based on your consulting and training, Mary and Ellen, uh, what seems to be one big challenge that that keeps you know surfacing, or that's a recurring theme, when it comes to gathering the right people, as it pertains to this topic?
2: I think it's getting the right level, if you will. We need to get more senior people involved when we're dealing with the higher level. Uh, broad view of things. And this would be another tip, Yama, when we talk about, say, our second tip would be uh, what level of detail. So Ellen and I have written about the three views. There's the big view, where the structured conversation is at a high level, and we're looking out a couple of years. So the level of detail is is very high, coarse, grained, if you will. Uh, Another view is the preview. And this might be looking for you know one to two months out, and many times in Agile it would be considered a release view. So when we're having this structured conversation during the preview, we're looking to be able to explore things such as stories and and things around business policies. And we also know that at the very immediate level, what we call the now view. For a team that's working to be able to understand and, as you say, elicit the detailed requirements that are necessary to go into development and test. So understanding those three views, the big view, the preview, now view, and gauging your conversation, the level of detail for your conversation. It swings back to the idea of who should be involved in those conversations and getting Folks, Say, for example, at the now view, people who know the precise business rules and be able to communicate those effectively. Um, so, again, Ellen, I'm going to let you recap that.
3: Yeah, so um, we want the right people for the right planning horizons for the conversation. And it also will make a big difference um, when you're having the conversations regarding the level of granularity. The, that we'll, we'll get into when we talk about the dimensions. So the big view, the, the longer term planning horizon, typically articulated in a product roadmap. The preview, sort of an interim horizon, which is typically articulated in a release plan. And the now view, your immediate or work in progress, which in using an iterative approach like Scrum would be your, your sprint or your iteration we need to know those levels.
0: So in your experience, uh, guys, like out of these three views, where do, uh, where, where do the team struggle the most?
3: Well, we find, I think I would say, and Mary, please add to this, uh, that um, it was specific to stories where, where one of the misunderstandings folks have is that, oh, you're doing agile, so you're just doing stories. Now, user stories are really great. They're a great anchor for having conversations. Uh, They're limited because they're really talking about just a few dimensions, the the user role and the actor. One of the, I'm sorry, the user role or actor and the action, I should say. One of the struggles uh, regarding planning horizons is slicing those stories down so that they're thin enough to be able to deliver in a short time horizon. So a symptom that we frequently see on teams is they have these big chunky stories that they just can't deliver or they find surprises inside the iteration. So the stories travel from iteration to iteration. So that sort of leads us to another tip that we found with that struggle, which is that you know, folks talk about splitting stories. Mm. Well, what we've discovered on lots of projects is that we want to more surgically slice stories. And we want to slice them based on value, on business value. So that's really our, our a third thing that we point out as a tip. You have to be really clear what the value is at the planning horizon you're focused on. <clears throat> so if it's on the now view, maybe it's what are the highest values that we want to get out of our next two-week uh, iteration or sprint. So value is, is the key. And we found that um, sort of a predecessor to having these structured conversations is having clarity around for the next delivery cycle, what is the highest value? And going back to what Mary brought up earlier, we need to understand the value considerations of all three partners and balance those and then somebody needs to decide what is the next highest value because value really is in the eyes of the beholders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you, you have to know your beholders mm-hmm. and those beholders hail from the business, customer and technology realms and on top of that, value can change with time. Mary, you want to add to that?
2: No, that was a great recap. Uh, we have to be careful, Yamo, because Ellen and I could talk a long time <laughs> about this. <laughs> and we, we actually have a business value model that we use. And again, that's a visual on the website that people can see. Um, so I think we need to be mindful that um, I think Ellen recapped it nicely. But we really ground these conversations in very clear value. And that value is communicated um transparently so everyone understands why decisions are being made they're based on these particular values
0: so while we are on the topic of values i was uh, i was just thinking uh about the challenges that you know that come about when one tries to define value right because uh, for some businesses or some product owners it's it's straightforward for some it's not there may be conflicts arising right so what is of value and what is of real value again sort of a prioritization have you guys seen that uh, in your work? Definitely What should be the focal point to to help teams get past that the impasse if, if, they, if they get to it?
3: Well one of the things that we found is um, with working with value is if we anchor it and uh, anchor value and knowing that there are different perspectives of value And those perspectives come from those three partners, the customer, business, and technology. What we do is we think expansively first before reductively. So we list um, possible value considerations for those three partners at a given point in time and all business, customer, and technology. So, for example, there certainly might be the business may want to, you know, have a, a, a money-related value, like return on investment. And the technology may be interested, those folks may be interested in exploiting the current technical architecture and infrastructure. And the end customer wants efficiencies in their work. Um, and those definitely can be at odds at any given point in time. Uh, and change over time which is one of the reasons why we revisit it but in the end somebody has to make a decision and that in and the agile speak is typically going to be the product owner or we like we prefer the term product champion so we like to have one of the things that really helps for reaching closure is having clear decision rules and a decision process and um, that's something that that uh, I wrote about in requirements by collaboration just found to just be really powerful and simple and straightforward but um, the point is, is that we all have um, an understanding we look at those possible value considerations and then the product owner or product champion may have to say well okay given what's happening now in our business in our market with uh, understanding this, all of these um, options for possibilities for our value, this is where we need to go next, and and then they can move on and go into the structured conversation with more clarity and do that surgical slicing. So you know that happened recently in a team that I was working with, and um, there were a lot of different value considerations. But the one the product owner really focused on wasn't really about return on investment, by the way. It was about market parity because they had a competitor who um, there are actually two main competitors who had already come out with some features that their product did not have. And their clients in sales calls and in presentations and in support kept bringing this up. And they knew that they had to get some minimum features out there to be on par and that was going to be in this release planning um, conversation that was going to be key for them just even staying in the game
0: Sure, sometimes they can be driven by the external factors too which could be completely out out of the team's control too, right?
3: Yep, absolutely Alright,
0: great. So, uh, so we've talked about the people that need to be involved uh, having the write uh, views using the three views like to guide the conversation and uh, the value proposition. So what's our next tip?
2: That would be the seven product dimensions and Yamo, this is something where when we work with uh, business analysts making sure that they understand it's their responsibility to make to be clear in the conversation that they participate with all seven. So I'll just quickly recap what those are. The, there are four that are usually considered functional requirements. Who is the user of the product? What actions are included or what behaviors included in the product? Uh, what data is necessary to be stored in the product? And what are the controls or business rules? So those four functional are typically the province of business analysis, but certainly... Everyone participates in that, um, talking about these. The other three of the seven functional dimensions, uh, things around interfaces, um, quality attributes, and the environment, the environment where the product will be used, as well as the development environment, those three, sometimes BAs say, oh, I don't think that's my job. But actually, they have a lot to participate, a lot to share, and being able to Um, know what these particular aspects are. So those seven product dimensions are discussed during the structured conversation. And again, all three perspectives are looking at these. Those um, seven dimensions are also interrelated. So when we think about the user and the interface, we think about the um, actions on data, we think about actions enforcing controls, so all of these, um, being able to understand them uniquely as well as holistically is a really, really important tip. And making sure that BAs have confidence in knowing their value in that particu- each one of those dimensions.
3: Ellen? Yeah, so, um, and I just also mentioned that you can see an image of the seven product dimensions also on the Discover to Deliver site. And I'm sure, Yama, you you can um, help uh, your listeners have a pointer to that. And and so, you know, they really are equal citizens. Um, And as Mary said, this interplay is really important. One of the things that we've found in a lot of Agile teams is that when we're talking about stories, that they're focused just on user in action, maybe a little on data, but we need to look at those, quote, non-functional aspects, those dimensions, interface, environment, and quality attribute, and we can't forget the business rules. So we want them to all be, <laughs> they're equal citizens and equal partners and having a holistic understanding of what we need to build.
0: Absolutely. So, just uh, if I have to probably ask uh, another follow-up question on that, which of which one of these seven, seven dimensions do team have the most difficulty in working with?
2: Oh my! Well, there, there. <laughs> that's a tough one. I, I would say based on a recent uh, client we were working with, it was really business rules, and the ability to be able to identify those rules, write them so that they were testable rules, but not lose the business sense. Mm -hmm. Um, This Mm -hmm. team was really struggling. They didn't have access to the right domain experts. And so, as Ellen mentioned, sometimes those stories that are the traveling stories, they travel from one particular development cycle to another because of the complexity of the business rules. So uh, that's one example, but Yamo, I think Ellen and I could probably go on and tell you about a variety of teams we've worked with and um each team has its own unique challenges. Um one team we worked with had a difficulty with data because the data they had to integrate with another system and again being able to map that data was challenging. Ellen, do you have another
3: Yeah. Uh, Actually, a couple of weeks ago, working with a a client whose product line actually is well-known for its uh, reliability and its ability to work. And this is actually a product line that has physical aspects to it. So high reliability, working in very uh, difficult environments, um, outside environments, uh, because they're hardware and software and firmware components and they were realizing in their uh, as they had spun into working in an agile mode that they had sort of given the quality attributes second-class citizenship and so it was a real light bulb for everybody to see the seven product dimensions on the wall. And we use what we call an options board to do the to have the structured conversation, something else that folks can, can download so they can download the actual images and uh, of the dimensions. And when we started focusing on that and in conjunction, interweaving those Uh, quality attributes with the other dimensions to come to derive their stories and features and they were working with the concept of minimum marketable features as well, all of a sudden it became a lot easier and they could address some of their early release problems uh, earlier. So just having the explicit conversations with that dimension was powerful for them
0: great i think you've uh indirectly given the answer uh even though it's a it's it's a tough question <laughs> it the, the it really depends on the domain and the the realm of uh analysis right so yes on, yes because, yeah, you got it. yeah because maybe said you know data integration and i'm sure data dimension stood out and business rules were being a challenge i'm sure control dimension was a problem so uh, I think I think that that's that's perfectly uh, normal, and you know it, it, it totally makes sense. Coming back to our tips, uh, did you guys have any other uh, additional insights? Uh,
2: the last one, the fifth one. How about we talk about using visuals? And Yamo, I know that this is part of what you do very much. Um, being able to have folks be comfortable using a variety of models. Uh, we know in the BA body of knowledge, there are lots and lots of techniques in chapter nine mm-hmm. and being able to take those models, whether it's a context diagram, whether it might be a state diagram or um, possibly a data model or a prototype wireframe or a decision table. I mean, the, the number of models we have, there are probably 15 or 20 different models that if we can pull those out of our toolbox and be able to use those as part of the conversation. So the conversation needs to be able to be enriched by poking at models and and sometimes even breaking the models, as Chris Matz would say. And sometimes for a BA to hear break the model, they sort of break out in hives (laughs) because the goal is to build the model. No, no, no. The goal is to communicate with the model. And if we can learn... Um, by somebody looking at the model and saying it 's missing or it 's incorrect that 's wonderful we want to applaud that
3: so and like a tester
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so again the the visualizations of these each one of these dimensions um, is another way that we find it really engages people i 've had situations i know Ellen you know we 've worked at a variety of clients where sometimes it 's the business people who walk up to the the model on the wall and they start adding it or fixing it uh, because these models are meant for that seamless way of communicating. I have another situation recently, I, I showed a picture to Ellen where there were four people at the wall working on this one model and you couldn't tell if it was a tester or a developer or a BA or even the product owner. They were all there together working that model.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's that's that's it. You want to interweave visual, and at times you'll have textual things like lists, um, and putting it up on the wall and making it interactive. Mary Mary told a story about uh, having people come up to the wall or change 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 a model underneath one of the dimensions. And I've literally had the case where uh, a business person grabbed a marker from me and sort of pushed me out of the way (laughs) so that Mm -hmm. they could make a change, a fix to the model because this is their world. This is their domain. The model is about their domain. So it's really powerful for making rich and very efficient conversations. And remember, also, they don't have to be beautiful. They don't have to be pretty. They can be low fidelity. You know, maybe you'll take a picture of it later, or put it on a wiki or some shared location. Um, it's about the them as a tool to facilitate, help facilitate the conversations.
0: Oh yeah, that's great. And I know we have to talk about Open Jam at BBC in a bit, for which we're going to get another guest on. However, before we get to that, and perhaps to close this topic, closing thoughts or famous last words?
2: Oh, I'm not sure if these are famous, but (laughs) I think, (laughs) Yamo, what what we'd love to think is that uh, the user stories um, that we write, we all write, would be colorful, meaning seven different colors using the seven dimensions. And they would be creative in the sense that we would use some models to help us and communicate. And then certainly the user stories would be based on collaboration and using the structured conversation to help with that collaboration.
3: I would just add, I thought that was great, Merrick, great summary. I would just add that all these practices in the end are about helping us do things right, and even more importantly, do the right thing.
0: Absolutely, for sure. Uh, And I know, Mary, you have to go. You are five hours ahead of our time zone, so uh, we'll we'll probably let you go, and then maybe uh, we'll get our next guest on board. So thank you so much, Mary, for being on the show.
2: Well, thanks, Yama. I'm looking forward to seeing you in Vegas in a few weeks.
0: Me too. (laughs) <laughs> okay. So, Alan, you're still there, right? I'm here. Okay. So, now we have our uh, guest, Jeffrey. Welcome to the Be A Coach Podcast.
1: Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here, Yama.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, let's talk about the uh, the BBC Open Jam that's happening in, in less than three weeks. So, uh, it sounds really exciting and intriguing. Ellen uh, and Jeffrey, you want to provide a quick overview of what's going to happen, what's going to be part of it, and how can analysts benefit out of it? Maybe we'll start with Ellen.
3: Sure. Um, well, what what we are doing throughout the main tracks Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday is we're going to have what we're calling Open Jam, which are ways to sessions, discussions, conversations to connect with um, other folks that are experienced as well as new in all things related to Agile and um, Open Jam is a connecting um, uh, sort of uh, set of sessions that are your choice topic and time. So what we're going to do and this by the way we got some sponsorship Uh, we are being sponsored through the Agile Alliance to do this and make a little bit of space available for Open Jam Throughout those three days, before, during, after, and in between any of the regular conference sessions, you'll have the opportunity to propose a session topic around the general topic of analysis and product management in Agile. You can propose a topic and you will be able to get together with other like-minded people or interested people. We're going to have five folks hosting, all these hosts are experienced in Agile, have on-the-ground experience with Agile, and um, the hosts are Jake Calabrese, Jeffrey Davidson, who's on the line and I'll talk in a sec, Uh, Mary Gorman, Kent
1: McDonald, and myself. Jeffrey? Yeah. You know, I love going to conferences, and what I've learned over time is that the value for me uh, comes in multiple ways. The first and obvious value is going to the keynotes and the sessions. But as I've gone to more conferences, I find this huge value in connecting with other people who have some experience that I don't have or who have an answer to some question that's been nagging at me, you know, just a small issue in the back of my mind for a long time. I get into these wonderful discussions um, with other conference goers because they've all got some expertise. What we're trying to do um, with this open space or open gen concept is give a little formalization to that. Uh, This has worked very well in other conferences and industries. Um, It's great that we can add that uh, to BBC this year and give us a chance to just have a conversation to say, here's some of the things I've heard. Here's what I've learned. Here's what I've witnessed. Let's talk about how we can make this work in your environment. Um, It adds a great chance to network and to learn uh, to an otherwise outstanding conference.
0: Awesome. Sounds like a lot of fun and learning and uh, also an opportunity to like really network and uh, discuss some of the problems and challenges uh, without being judged in a way, quote-unquote, right? <laughs> Absolutely.
3: And another thing that, that really is is uh, fun about it is something that, well, you know, we did something in a very uh, lower fidelity format at last year's BBC where we just had a birds of a feather around the topic of agile analysis and, and um, we had a fairly big-sized group get together, and one of the real valuable things was people said, well, you know, I tried this, and this didn't quite work like this in my area, my environment, but we did this little twist to it. So a lot of the um, the conversations that happen in terms of their value is in hearing what other people tried and worked and didn't work. So learning from other experiences and also another another really powerful piece of it.
0: Awesome. So sorry, Jeffrey, go ahead.
1: No, I, I just want to say that you know we've got this huge list of topics that we can talk about. Um we've got this initial list and anyone can talk about anything, but we can talk about how decision rules um work inside an agile project. Or um, what are some techniques that you can do to, to generate new ideas? Something called um impact mapping or product in a box. Um, you know. How does something like Theory of Constraints work with Agile, um, which is a traditional PM kind of thought? So there's a lot of different things that we've said, hmm, this is interesting. Have we, have we spent 10 minutes or 30 minutes talking about this? Um, does someone have a question? So
0: Okay. Sounds like it's going to be pretty exciting in terms of uh, the, the kinds of topics that will be discussed. So uh, if I am attending the conference, uh, my name is Paul for the purpose of this conversation. So uh, what can Paul do to uh, maximize this before and during and after the conference?
3: Well, I think one thing he can do is think about what are his questions, puzzles, struggles, and, and prouds and sorries. If if he's been working already in an agile environment, and what would he come with? What does he want to learn about? What does he want to share that he can offer? What can he? What does he? What is a struggle? So if he sort of puts those in his mind, then what he can do is um, uh, right outside the exhibit area. We'll have uh, our our, we'll call it sign up area right now, where there'll always be one of the five of us hosts will be there, and. He can write that topic down on a post and we'll put it uh, in a time slot and other people may sign up for that and um, he can suggest a slot that works for him and we'll find a place that will be nearby where we can talk about that and he might bring it up to other people. So Paul might tell somebody else, hey, did you hear about the uh, Open Jam around Agile? Go Go outside the uh, hall and you could sign up for a topic or look and see what's out there already. So come beforehand with some ideas what you might want to talk about. Check the the board every day, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. See what conversations are happening and where they are. Feel free to walk over. You don't even have to have signed up. These are just very open-ended. You may see posters up on the wall. Um, we will be uh, recording or curating the results, so you just will see lists later, but what's really important, if you, all, if you at all possibly can, is to attend those conversations. And afterwards, uh, if you go to the Agile Alliance website, can't tell you exactly where yet, but we will be, uh, as I just mentioned, the five of us hosts will be in some way curating, summarizing what happened in those conversations.
1: Jeffrey, do you have something to add to that, some suggestions? No, I I just want to know that if you see a conversation going on on one of these days, uh, Wednesday through Friday, um, and it looks interesting, stop over in the middle of it. Um, I've had some great conversations where I missed the first five minutes, but then we went on for five more or 45 minutes more. You know, I was at a conference once where I skipped the next session because this conversation was so engrossing and I was learning so much, I couldn't imagine leaving it. Um, That's what we're trying to replicate here, a chance to really engage people.
3: Thank you. I'm sorry to interrupt. And everyone is welcome. Everyone
0: and anyone is welcome. All right. Awesome. Looks like a big group Agile hug (laughs) going (laughs) to (laughs) happen. All right. All right. Great. Looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, I may uh, put some of my topics and, and, you know, uh, engage and be involved uh, as much as possible. So looking forward to that, guys. Uh, I'll spread the word around. And uh, This podcast is going to be out before the conference. So definitely, you know, uh, that's another opportunity for folks to learn about this and get involved. So any any other closing thoughts, comments uh, before we uh, close the episode?
1: If you haven't tried having a conversation about this stuff, stop by. It's going to be worth your time.
0: Join us. Okay, great. Great. Awesome. So thanks uh, so much. Ellen, for your uh, user stories, uh, insights, and inputs, and Jeffrey for your additional comments. I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting you again at the conference. So, uh, thanks again, guys.
3: Thank you, Yamu. You you, you. you you are, do a lot for our community. We appreciate
0: it. Thanks. Thank you, and you know, it's my pleasure. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and uh, learned a lot of uh, insights and tips and tricks to create high value user stories. And also please don't forget about the Agile Open Jam happening at BBC. And if you are attending the conference, please don't forget to stop by the BA Coach booth and say hello, you know, shake hands. It would be wonderful to see you face to face and say hello. And if you wish to learn more about what was discussed in this episode or ask a question to Ellen, Mary or Jeffrey, please go to thebacoach.com forward slash episode 39. That's it from me for this episode, folks. I'll see you at the conference. Bye for now.